you, Carrie. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for your word. And we pray that as we look at these verses uh, and others this morning, that your spirit will be at work in our lives. Help us to be uh, a generous people for your praise and for your glory. Amen. There's a story about uh, a preacher who visited a farmer and asked the farmer, if you had 200 pounds, would you give 100 pounds to the Lord? Of course, said the farmer. If you had two cows, would you give one cow to the Lord? Uh, yeah, I would, said the farmer. If you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the Lord? The farmer replied, that's not fair. You know I have two pigs. That was a better reaction than St. James this morning. This morning we think about generosity. And right at the start, uh, I, want to, I want to say again uh, that generosity is about giving out of what we have, uh, not out of what we don't have. We give from what God has given to us. And we have a brilliant uh, example of that this morning with the story uh, of this uh, woman pouring the whole jar of perfume upon Jesus. You remember last year we uh, ran the Generosity Project where we thought about uh, how we can be better uh, at being generous as a people, as uh, a church. And you'll remember uh, that generosity is a matter of the heart. It's about a heart that responds to the generosity of our God. And so this morning as we begin to rethink again or revisit this uh, whole theme of generosity, I want to take us right back to the foundation of why we are to be a generous people. And we're to be generous because our God is a generous God. It's who he is. It's his nature to be generous. It's his heart's desire, in, in, in a sense, to uh, give generously. So listen to these verses. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because God himself is a cheerful giver. He gives uh, freely of himself. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Everything we have is a gift from God. The world that we enjoy, the creation that we explore, the birds, uh, the water, the food that we eat, the family that we're part of, it's all given to us by a generous, or by our generous God. Earlier on in James chapter 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God, out of his generosity, will give us all that we need. Every year about this sort of time, September time, we, I sit in the ECC meetings 
and I look at our financial uh, report and we're, we're told that we're probably going to end up uh, with a deficit at the end of the year. Uh, and I always sort of think, oh, not again. But every year, the Lord provides all that we need. He's so generous to us uh, that when that doubt comes along, the Lord then provides for what we need. Our God is a generous God. Acts 17, we just read it. Uh, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he, he, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Our God is a giving God. He is generous. Romans 6, at 23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. At the heart of the gospel is generosity. The Lord gave his son we know that we're all sinners. We know that we've all rebelled uh, against God. Uh, but God, in his generosity, gave his son Jesus so that we might be forgiven of our sin, so that we might have new life in him. If you ever doubt the generosity of God, just look to the cross and be reminded of God's generosity as he gave of himself there. There are so many other verses. We could spend the whole day going through the Bible and looking at verses that speak about God as a giving and generous God. But we're going to leave it there because I think the picture is being built for us that we see our God delights to give. He's a generous God. He gives us all that we need. That's who he is. He loves to give. And so what should our response be? What should uh, we do in response to uh, our God, who is a generous God? Or we're to be generous with all that we have, reflecting that generosity of God. And that's what we see in Mark 14. It's close to Passover, that time uh, where um, they gave thanks to God for the rescue that he uh, brought Israel as he freed them uh, from Egypt. And you'll remember from our studies in Exodus all that time, uh, all, all those months ago, that they needed to paint the blood of a, a lamb that they slaughtered on the door uh, so that the angel of death would pass by uh, and those firstborn sons would be spared. But as this festival approaches, uh, we read of the chief priests and the teachers of the law uh, scheming to find a way to get rid of Jesus. But such was Jesus' popularity that they decided it's better to wait until after this festival, uh, otherwise the crowds uh, might kick off and cause uh, a riot. But as we go through the Gospels, we see uh, it's in God's timing anyway, and so it will happen when it's supposed to happen. And at the end of this passage, uh, we again uh, see uh, Judas, one of the twelve, uh, going to the chief priest in order to betray uh, Jesus. And so Mark gives us one of his sandwiches. Uh, we've got the bread of this uh, um, hatred of Jesus and this betrayal uh, of Jesus. And in the middle, the filling 
of this sandwich, we have uh, this beautiful contrast of a heart uh, that loves and treasures Jesus and wants to be generous towards him. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. She has this uh, jar of perfume and she breaks it open. There's no uh, carefully unwrapping it uh, to pour a few drops out. She breaks it open and pours the whole thing on Jesus. Uh, and I'm amazed by what happens in this, this account, what this woman who we know to be Mary from John's Gospel does with this uh, perfume. I think it's, a, it's an amazing act because uh, women would not normally approach men uh, at this kind of setting of this uh, public meal except to serve uh, food. But Mary didn't care about that. She was with her Lord and her Savior. And her heart couldn't help but respond uh, to that. And so she gave all that she had. She poured the whole thing on Jesus. This bottle of perfume that cost a year's worth of wages. She cracks open and pours the whole thing on Jesus. Such was her, her heart that treasured Jesus. Such was her deep love for him and what he had done for her. She gave the best of what she had. It can be in no doubt uh, what she treasured uh, above all the things. Her great treasure uh, was Jesus. It's an amazing response to the generosity of God. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. There's this uh, feeling of outrage at what uh, she had just done. They thought that this act of love, uh, this pouring of the whole bottle of perfume on Jesus was a waste. And so, by implication, we can sort of land on, well, is Jesus not worth it? Is that the feeling that they had, that Jesus wasn't worth this lavish uh, act of love that Mary gave? It seems that they were more concerned uh, with material possessions. A year's wages poured away on to Jesus. To them, it seemed foolishness what Mary was doing. But she wasn't interested in how they responded. She wanted to respond generously to Jesus for his generosity shown to her. And that can be true for us today. That we can be seen as foolish as we live gener generous lives in response to God's generosity towards us. We can be seen as foolish 
as we give our money uh, to the work uh, of God's people. We can be seen as foolish as we give our time uh, in serving in different ministries within the church. But as with Mary, it shows uh, the world where our treasure is. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. It shows that we treasure Jesus above all other things. He is our greatest possession. And so those worldly things around us uh, don't matter as much because our great treasure, our great possession is Jesus. If our lives are being transformed by grace, uh, by the grace of God, by uh, Christ, then uh, we will have that different perspective on life, which is contrary to the world. Martin Luther wrote, take a look at your own heart and you will soon find out what has stuck to it and where your treasure is. It is easy to determine whether hearing the word of God, living according to it and achieving such a life gives you as much enjoyment and calls forth as much diligence from you as does accumulating and saving money and property. What we treasure most uh, will be seen in how we live. If our treasure is Jesus, uh, that will be seen by the world around us. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it was obvious uh, to those, or, or to us as we, or it's obvious to us as we read it that her treasure uh, was Jesus. And in response to all that he had done uh, for her, she gave the best of what she had. She gave this expensive bottle of perfume and poured the whole thing uh, on Jesus. And it made me think, I wonder if we could say the same. Do we give the best of what we have, as Mary did? As you know, I used to be a children and youth worker. Uh, and at one of the churches that I served in, the youth group uh, wanted a sofa to sit on, as most youth groups uh, want. Uh, and one of the families within the church were buying a new sofa for themselves. And so they gave uh, their old sofa to the church youth group. Uh, and it was amazing. It was great that... Uh, they now had a sofa to sit on rather than uh, chairs or whatever it was. Um, but I, but thinking about that, uh, uh, and as we look at this passage this week, uh, it, it, it made me think, do we really give the best of what we have? So I'm not knocking that family who gave uh, that uh, sofa to the youth group. It was a blessing to them. Uh, but it makes me wonder, do we give the best of what we have? Or do we give our leftovers uh, to God? Do we give the best of what we have? Or does Christ get uh, the leftovers? Do we give uh, to the Lord the best of our time? Or does he get the leftovers of our time? Do we give to the Lord the best of our talents? Or does he get the leftovers? Two Corinthians eight twelve says, "For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what, 
one has, not according to what one does not have. We're to give out of what we have. And we're to give the best out of what we have. We're to be generous as our great God is generous. And give him the best out of what we have. And so we see it with Mary in this uh, passage. We see it in chapter 12 uh, with the widow. Uh, as Jesus was sat there watching people make their offerings at the temple. Uh, the rich were throwing in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. We get these uh, two wonderful examples of hearts that treasure God and gave the best of what they had. I think that's the challenge uh, for us. Do we give the best of what we have to the Lord or does he get our leftovers? Generosity is more uh, than what we do with our money. When we talk about giving in churches, it's not just about our finances. It includes that. And so we need to look at our hearts and ask the question again, are we being generous uh, with our money? We go beyond that and we can ask, are we being generous with our time? Are we offering ourselves to serve uh, God's people uh, and the people around us. So I heard this week that uh, somebody took somebody else to a doctor's appointment. Uh, and I thought, well, that's a brilliant example of being generous with our time as we give up some of our own time in order to help uh, somebody who needs it. We can go beyond that. Uh, are we being generous uh, with our forgiveness. How many times should I forgive someone? Well, Jesus says 70 times, seven, uh, which in effect means we're never to stop forgiving as we think about uh, the forgiveness that we have received by our generous God. And so we can be generous with our forgiveness towards other people. We can be generous uh, with our patience. Are we patient with people? Do, do people see our generosity in our attitudes uh, towards other people? As we're reminded uh, that God is generous to us, let's respond by being more and more generous as his people. Let's be more and more like Christ as we've seen so often recently uh, in our studies on the church. And let's become more generous uh, to those around us in response to God's generosity uh, to us. At the heart of the gospel lies a generosity, a generous God who has given us all that we have and need. And so let's respond uh, rightly as we treasure Christ above all other things and as we are generous with all that we have. Amen.